Well, good morning, guys, and welcome to Water's Edge Church. Um, my name is Herb, and I've been uh, attending here for a little while with my family. Um, my wife and I also have five horrible kids. <laughs> no, I, I'm just joking. They're, they're great, just sometimes. <laughs> so if it's your first time here, or it, it's been a while since you've been here, I just want to welcome you again, and I want to encourage you to, after service, to connect with someone let us know that you were here if it's your first time here. Come to Pastor John, come to myself, find somebody and just let us know that you were here. So last week during worship um, in, in this sanctuary right here, um, I was worshiping the Lord um, like we always do every Sunday. And I knew I was convinced that I got something from the Lord um, and that it was worthy of sharing, okay? He let me know that, that it was worthy of sharing. But I kind of chewed on that and I was just waiting for the when and where, right? So sometimes the Lord prompts us with something, but we have a certain time when that is going to come into effect. So after church was like normal, um, we are actually living, my family's living in the coffee house over here. And I was just, I, I grabbed some hot dogs because that's what was in the fridge. I was starving and I started grilling and um, I was kind of watching my kids around the corner because they were going to get into something, probably trouble somewhere. I had to correct them. And, and John kind of startled me, come up to my left side and I looked at him and um, we, we share very few words. We shared very few words, but he asked me if I would be willing to share this week. So I thought, oh my gosh, Lord, this is it. Let's do it. So, so here I am today. So, so let's pray. Father, Lord, I thank you so much for this opportunity to share your word, Lord. I ask that your Holy Spirit do the speaking, Father, and that you take me out of it and it be all you. Father, I thank you so much for your son, Jesus. I thank you for your promises and truth that we can hold on to during any storm that this world throws at us. So if I was to give this message today a title, it would be this. It would be, Meet Them Where They Are. We're going to dig into God's Word today. So if you brought your Bible, that's absolutely great. But if you didn't bring your Bible, you can follow along on the screen. I think uh, John put together some slides for me. So we're going to start. There's a couple stories I don't want to share with you from there. The first one is this. 1 Corinthians 9, chapter, uh, verses 19 through 23. It says this. This is Paul's words. It says, Though I am free and I belong to no one, I have made myself a slave to everyone, to win as many as possible. To the Jews, I became like a Jew to win the Jews. To those under the law, I became like one under the law, though myself am not under it, so as to win those that were under it. To those not having the law, I became like one not having the law. Though I am not free from God's law, but am under Christ's law, so as to win those that had the law. And to the weak, I became weak to win the weak. I have become all things to all people, so that by all possible means I might save some. I do all of this for the sake of the gospel, that I may share in its blessings. How powerful are Paul's words in that right there? He did exactly whatever it took to meet people where they were. Exactly, to a T. So let's look at another one. Let's go to Matthew chapter 9, um, verses 10 through 12. While Jesus was having dinner at Matthew's house, many tax collectors and sinners came and ate with him and his disciples. When the Pharisees saw this, they asked his disciples, why does your teacher eat with tax collectors and sinners? 
On hearing this, Jesus said, it is not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. But go and learn what this means. I desire mercy, not sacrifice. For I have not come to call the righteous, but I have come to call the sinners. Let's back up one, one verse. Where did Jesus find Matthew to be sitting at his house and eating dinner? He says this. As Jesus went on from there, he saw a man named Matthew sitting in the tax collector's booth, and he simply said, follow me. He told him, and Matthew got up and followed him. Notice that Matthew didn't go to Jesus, did he? But yet Jesus walked by Matthew, and he simply said, follow me. Our Jesus meets people where they are. Let's go to Matthew chapter 9, verses 18 through 26. While he was saying this, a synagogue leader came and knelt before him and said, my daughter has just died. Let me say that one more time. The synagogue leader came to Jesus and said, my daughter just died. But come and put your hand on her and she'll be fine. She will live. So Jesus got up and went with him. Jesus is going again. And so did his disciples. Just then a woman who had been subject to bleeding for 12 years came up behind him. And at the edge of his cloak, she said to herself, if only I touch, touch this cloak, I will be healed. Jesus turned and saw her, and he said, take heart, daughter. Your faith has healed you. And the woman was healed. Let's look at that for just a second. Jesus was on his way to meet a dead girl that a synagogue leader just told him to go meet. And, and look what Jesus did. He stopped. He was distracted. This lady that had been bleeding for 12 years distracted Jesus. And he simply healed her and then went on to see this dying girl. And what happens next? When Jesus entered the synagogue leader's house and saw the noisy crowd and people playing pipes, he said, go away. The girl is not dead, but she's only asleep. But they laughed at him. After the crowd had been put outside, he went in and took the girl by the hand, and she got up. News of this spread through all the region. I encourage you guys, as Jesus was distracted, I encourage you to not get distracted by the world, but yet get distracted about what God wants you to do. Because he was distracted, like we are distracted, but make sure we're canceling out the worldly distractions. I searched this book, this book that I just got done hanging on to. I searched it high and low. I searched it hard all week. <laughs> I've searched it for a long time. And nowhere in this book have I ever found anything about Jesus making sure that someone had the same opinion as him or had the same political beliefs as him before he healed them. In fact, he didn't even care whether or not they were wearing a mask or if they had a mask, if they had a mask on or if they didn't have a mask on. He could care less. He just healed them, didn't he? He didn't ask the woman that grabbed his cloak. He didn't care, guys. You may say, well, you may say this to me in the argument of that. You may say, well, Jesus didn't have Facebook. He didn't have the temptations. He didn't, wasn't able to look at Facebook or social media. Guess what I'm going to tell you today that the news isn't telling you? You have complete control over what you read, over what you write, over what you look at, 
And more importantly than that, you have complete control of how you respond to people. I found myself recently during uh, COVID-19 to be... <laughs> to be watching Facebook way too much. And this is kind of what prompted this. I was watching it and I was, I, I would know that someone believed in the Lord. I would know that they loved Jesus, but I would have a completely different opinion about what they were saying. I didn't, it didn't jive with me. I was like, man, that's crazy. And when I would start to do that, I, I, I'd feel that bitterness building up, right? I, I, I was guilty of that. But yet what I did next was, was, I think, critical. I, I, I really had to do like a heart check. And I think it's time that we all do just a little bit of a heart check sometimes and keep it, go back to the simple gospel. I mean, what do we teach kids? What do we teach them? You ask Jesus into your heart. Once you ask Jesus into your heart, you're all set, right? But we need to come back to that, that simple gospel sometimes. Because here's the deal, guys. Pastor John, Nobody in this service, I've only been here a little bit. I don't know a lot of you that great. And Pastor John, nobody condemned me. Nobody yelled at me for looking at Facebook. Nobody did any of that. But what I did is I started to dig into the Bible. I started to dig into God's word. I started to pray more to get rid of that bitterness. It's not me. I'm not intelligent. I'm not smart. But it's not me, guys. It was Jesus that could keep you from that bitterness. So dig into his word. Dig into what he has to say to you and pray to him. I can only think of one verse that um, completely pulls on my heartstrings. And if you've been to any wedding in your life, this is, I am loud, so that's good. But um, if you've ever been to any wedding in your entire life, um, you've heard this verse, 1 Corinthians 13, 13. And it says this, three things remain, right? Faith, hope, and love. What's the greatest one? Love is the greatest one. I encourage you. So I realized quickly during my prayer time and during my reading of the, the word, I realized quickly that my opinion on social media did not matter. Didn't matter. I realized that Jesus doesn't care, like I said before, if someone's wearing a mask or they're not wearing a mask, if you're voting for Trump, if you're voting for Biden, he could care less. I also know that I never have ever heard or seen anyone come into the knowledge of the Savior of Jesus Christ by putting my opinion on social media. No one's ever called me and said, hey, your opinion on social media, I want to know who Jesus is more. That's never happened. That's not the way it's intended, guys. We as believers' job is to not condemn people into believing and knowing Jesus, but rather to love them and let the Holy Spirit do the convicting. Our job is to meet people where they are. Because Jesus did not play favorites, guys. And neither should we. I'm also aware that every year um, there's a Back to Church Sunday. Um, it's designed to get people that attend church regularly to invite someone to church that, that particular Sunday, right? So if you don't go to church and you see someone in here, and they're going to invite someone to come back to church that particular Sunday, right? I think it happens in October. Um, I always get a kick out of this. I always laugh at this, because guess what, guys? Every single week is back to church Sunday. If you're not inviting somebody, if you're not conversing with someone and talking to them about church, you're probably not doing the right thing that week, okay? Someone needs to know. Someone needs to get here and learn the word. It's not us. It's not 
us doing it, but it's Jesus doing it. It's the word of God. Guys, the church was God's plan A, right? Plan A. How many know what God's plan B was if the church didn't work? There's not a plan B, guys. The church is God's plan. So don't grow weary on me. It's hot. It's hot in here. <laughs> we are the church, guys. Let's not get distracted about what our goal is during pandemics or crisis or anything else that the world has to offer us. We are to love people and share the good news of Jesus Christ. We are to meet people exactly where they are daily in our daily walk. We can still smile and communicate, guys. I do it every single day. I work, with the, I work in the public. You can still smile, communicate, and be nice to people if they have a mask on or if they don't have a mask on. Don't let that hold you up from getting to the real answer, right? The real Jesus. It's now more important than ever, guys, to dig your heels in and ask our God for wisdom and understanding about what's going on. I tell my kids all the time, it is flat out impossible to beat someone who doesn't quit. I've never seen someone get beat that won't quit. Jesus didn't quit, guys. And neither can the church. We can't quit. So my family, I told you we live in here in the coffee house right now, but my family, we've probably been to Black Rocks about 350 times <laughs> so far this summer. No, not for real, but probably closer to 100. <laughs> The other day, I was standing on top of the Black Rocks waiting to jump with my kids, and I kind of like to think I have some control over their safety, right, if I'm just standing there, but <laughs> really I don't. <laughs> and um, there was a bunch of people up there, and um, I, I recognized this guy, and he was kind of nervous about going his first time, so I just started co to converse with him, okay? And then we started to talk more and more, and I realized quickly that he was from Chicago, um, that his family was with him, that he had a, a young boy with him. I looked at his boy, I, I guess, in five to seven years old, okay? And, well, we were all jumping, and his son hadn't jumped yet, okay? He had jumped numerous times, and then all of a sudden I jumped in, and my kids were jumped in, and I like to stay at the bottom a little bit longer than most just because I like to, like I told you, control it, make sure they're safe, right? And um, I seen the guy jump, and he came up, and then his son was on the edge, and his son was thinking hard about it. And I could tell at one point, you can tell when you look someone in the eye and you can say, oh, they're going to do it here right away. So I just stayed there and he did it. And when he did it, um, it was a louder noise probably than when I make the water. Like he hit, he hit completely flat out. He was, he wasn't vertical. He was horizontal to the water and he hit. And like I say, he's five to seven years old. Okay. And when he came up, I was just watching. I was just observing. I knew it had to hurt him. When he came up, have you ever been in the water with someone in there, the fear, the look of fear on their eyes is just so obvious that you know something's going on in his mind. Well, his dad started to go towards him, and I was a little bit further back. I was probably me to the second role. And um, the dad went over there, and the, the son started doing the bob. Do you know what the bob is? How many know what the bob is, right? The bob, I've seen it one time with my own son in a pool where it gradually got down. The bob is this bugger's going to drown. Okay, <laughs> And it started getting real very fast because these people are from Chicago. They have no idea what Lake Superior is. They have no idea how cold it is. And this, this young boy started doing this, and I started getting scared. And I'm just, just so you know, I'm a horrible swimmer. Like, I'm, 
I'm a survivor. That's what I call, that's what I tell my kids. I'm a survivor in the water. I will survive, but I'm not gonna, I, I'm probably not safe to save anybody. The dad got to the boy and the dad, I realized quickly that the dad couldn't save the boy and himself. The dad actually let go of his son, which can you imagine how hard that would be? The dad let go of his son a couple of times and kind of got back from him, kind of went down and then came up and was breathing hard. So I obviously went over there and, and I told you I'm a horrible swimmer. And I grabbed, the, I grabbed the little man by the arm and I picked him up and I, I could see his face and I'm like this, right? I'm trying to get to shore. And he wasn't talking at first and I was scared. And then he started saying, I can't breathe, I can't breathe, I can't breathe. And I'm like, oh, he's fine, he can breathe, he's talking, right? <laughs> we all know that, like you start overthinking this kid, like, listen, pal, you're talking now, you're gonna be fine. But for 10 seconds, guys, it was, it was super duper scary. Do you know what I mean? But my, my whole point of this is, um, what if I wouldn't have talked to this guy from Chicago? What if I would have kept six feet distance from this guy and not conversed? What if I wouldn't have looked at his son? <laughs> do you know what I mean? You, you see where I'm going with this, guys? What if you do exactly everything someone tells you to do and you put a mask on and you don't talk to no one the rest of your life? Listen, guys, we serve an unchanging God, a God that wrote this and he said, follow this, and he said, do what I ask you to do first and foremost, right? Be the church, guys, as you're out and about. Don't miss, do not miss a miracle from God. Do not miss a miracle from God because you're so distracted by the world. Don't do it, guys. It's not worth it. What if something like that was to happen to you? Where would you be at right now today? What would you do? I was scared to death, actually. So, if the church isn't at the forefront, guys, there's no one else going to do it for us, okay? I just ask that you be encouraged today. I ask that you go out and do what the Holy Spirit prompts you to do and be there for people. And I also, um, before we break into, um, before we break into, I think Zoom is going to break into their, little, their groups and then we're going to have our prayer time. And I want you to know that if you, if you need someone to pray with, go find someone to pray with. Go meet somebody new. But if Zoom is going to break into that, but we're also going to break into our groups if that's what you want to do. But I'm also going to be in the back here, um, and I'm going to be encouraging you to come and get prayer. The Word of God says to come to people in the church to get prayer. And, and, and anything goes, right, guys? You may be struggling with your finances. You may be struggling with anxiety, depression. You may be struggling with relationships, any kind of heartache that's going on in your world. You may be so deathly scared of COVID-19 that you don't know what's next. But I promise you, Jesus knows, right? Ask him and he'll let us know. I had a call, um, I had a call this week from a guy that is going through a divorce. His, um, his wife's leaving him. He calls me up and this is how it started. He said, um, I know him pretty well. And he said, I don't know what else to do. He said, I, I, I'm done. He said, I have did everything I possibly can do. I've worked everything. Now I know this guy's backstory a little bit and I know that he's straight away from Jesus. Okay, so I knew that that's what I was going to go with him. And I started, I started crying with him. And I said, listen, pal, nobody can do it. No, none of us. There's nobody sitting in this room right now that has all the answers. 
There's nobody that can do it on your own. We need Jesus. And that's what I told him. I said, I laughed at him. I said, you know what? You can't do it, man. You flat out can't do it. Just like this little boy couldn't do it. His dad couldn't do it. I can't do it every day. You can't do it every day. Every single person in this room needs prayer. Everybody needs prayer. So let's, we're going to break into the Zoom meetings, but then we're going to, I'm going to be standing back there and I'll pray with you if you want to come. Pastor John will pray with you if you want to come for prayer. But get together, pray with each other, love each other, get to know somebody, meet somebody new today. It's okay. Just keep your six feet distance if that's what you want to do and that's fine. If someone don't want to come up to you, that's fine. Talk to them from six feet away. We love you guys.